0: Alrighty, I want to invite everyone. Hi, how you doing? This is the first episode, I guess, of the uh, Tricks of the Trade podcast that we're doing here. Um, We're gonna have, you know, different people on every single time, hopefully, talk about a varying range of subjects regarding
1: Rogue. Um, So for today's podcast, uh, the topic is mostly revolving
0: around uh, 9.2 things and uh, current events, such as uh, the Mage Tower, Legion Mythic Plus, that kind of stuff.
1: And uh, we're going to go into some 9.2 stuff and then take some questions from you guys. So, without further ado, I guess, uh, first topic at hand,
0: how is everyone's Mage Towers going? you guys all get a chance to try it? Zara, do you you're all three yet or have you still been living on ptr
2: uh both but yeah i've already done subtlety outlaw and uh, assassination i haven't gotten to anything outside of those three but yeah got all three of those done so they were fun the subtlety one was a really really tight dps check at the end i was actually kind of surprised nice
1: nice which one do you think was the hardest (sighs) i would Agatha was the most annoying. I wouldn't say it was the hardest. Assassination was
2: Damn. hectic. I would say assassination probably is the most going on. So I would say hardest would be that. But it also isn't hard once you kind of understand where the overlaps are coming. It comes down to memory a little bit. But I would say assassination of the three is the hardest. Subtlety just comes down to like you just need to blast in the last phase. The first phase actually had to hold damage. So that way cooldowns are up for phase two. So I would probably say assassinations.
1: What about the other two lads in here? Um, so I walked into the Mage Tower,
3: instantly killed Agatha. Easiest boss of my life. Um, you know, did it did it easily back then, back in the Legion days, did it easily now. Um, I'm hard stuck on the Subtlety one, though. That one, ooh, that's a tough one. Really struggling. And I haven't attempted the Assassination one, because that spec sucks. Wow wow (laughs) okay Okay. overall i think the mage towers are really cool though i think like it's nice that for the first time in basically wow's history other than like the original mage towers like here's like optional mostly useless um hard single player content you can't outgear it um the rewards are basically pointless so if you can do it good for you if you can't who cares don't bother with it And it's like one of the best content they've added into the game or added back. I think this is better than the original Mage Tower because I think the fact that you can't outgear it like the Legion 1 means that it will forever be difficult content that exists in the game that no matter how how much gear and crazy trinkets you get it's always going to be something that you have to actually have a little bit of knowledge on like game sense and uh, spec knowledge to actually do proper damage.
0: I mean, there's. Yeah, to be
4: fair, there are like some yeah. trinkets, right? That that do scale in a weird way right now. Oh, yeah, um, obviously. Also, but I mean, it's it I, I just like, mean, a... like,
3: it's not going to be like easier next tier in like the next yeah. raid. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, assuming that the set bonus and everything and like all the goodies that we're going to get mm-hmm. in 9.2 will, will also be blocked, similar to the Covenant yeah. and, and Soulbinds and everything. But, I mean, yeah. The set bonus I mean, for, for me, it huge. was like. Uh I've done all three now. Uh I definitely agree with Guy there that the Outlaw one felt a little bit on the on the too easy side basically. I've watched other people and other specs play it and they struggled a lot more with dealing with the imps and then as outlaw it feels like you don't really notice them. They just die passively. And yeah, I mean assassination it's hard for me to say how difficult the assassination challenge ultimately is, because I mean first of all I've been playing the spec for, for such a long time. And then having a lot of leech gear, uh, which I just always keep in my bank, helped a lot with just sustaining the damage. So maybe the challenge was a little bit on the easy side for me there as well. Subtlety definitely feels like the hardest for me personally, mostly because dealing with three adds uh, like four times in the entire fight is just painful playing Subtlety and you have to kill three adds. And it's, yeah, it's not fun. Because yeah, I mean, like it's definitely ugliest, a weak
3: point. It's the ugliest target count ever. Yeah, it's so it's so bad. You, can, <laughs> I, I like double storm of this, and it like doesn't die. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah, and then you're wow. out of energy,
4: and you're sitting there. And yeah, you think and then you're, at, so you're what are my of choices energy? now? While two of you yeah. are running into the
3: into the puddles already. Yeah, that challenge that challenge is brutal, but I suck so.
1: I just hit flurry, dude.
3: Yeah, did <laughs> I wish.
4: Yeah, but I definitely agree with your point that like it's nice to have this the single player challenge content. I mean, we had like similar attempts in the in the past with both the proving grounds and the Brawler's Guild, mm-hmm. but it's I, I certainly agree that right now the Mage Tower is much more enjoyable and also challenging simply because you can't just get like three, four, five more upgrades and then something that you struggled with initially just flops over on the on the first attempt you do with like all those upgrades. I think that's definitely one of the issues that the the Brawlers Guild in particular always had. Even though like most of the encounters there are very fun as well.
0: I think the Brawlers Guild is super fun. I think the the main thing that was kind of a misstep was I think that they should have made it use template characters instead of uh, instead of like scaling your stuff down, which I guess takes like an aspect out of it of like oh I'm gonna get this trinket from this content to try and cheese it but I feel like it would have been like more fair all around, because I, I feel like a lot of the complaints are like, oh, I don't want to go farm, you know, Mechagon rep, uh, and I don't want to go get, you know, unbridled potions. So, I
1: don't know, it feels think... like
0: a level playing field.
1: I think, like,
3: probably templates would work better. Maybe I'm just misinformed on this, because I'm not looking at every single spec's... You know, ability to do the mage tower with or without certain items, but I, I don't think it's the case that I want to say like ninety percent of specs just don't need these old like combinations of triple socketed gear, main stat gems, like wacko trinkets. I I don't think most specs in the game have to actually bother doing that stuff. You know, like I I know um know a lot of people in the outlaw channel really going after the healing trinket from battle for azeroth where honorable kills give you or like targets that can give experience will heal you like a lot of people were going after that but you, you don't need it you don't need Unbridled fury you don't need these things like obviously they make it easier but i feel like if people just like tried to learn the challenge a little bit better rather than immediately running to the auction house
1: or like a guide to figure out what items i can buy to make this not a challenge i think
3: i really don't think it's that bad
1: yeah, I mean it it certainly I don't know.
0: I wouldn't say it's like a cheat or anything, but it certainly feels oh, a, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. a little weird when like like I oh, I didn't I, agree, I didn't yeah. do it like like when I did the Sin challenge I had, you know, a couple extra sockets and stuff in my harder or Azeroth or whatever. But then you know, people were like, Oh look, Unbridled's doing ten percent of my damage and Cyclo's also doing ten percent of my damage and I'm like, Oh well.
1: yeah,
0: Alright, that's cool, I guess.
3: I think it's impossible to have bought everything with just how many items there are in WoW.
4: Yeah, with like 17 years of history within the game, with like enchants and, and potions and other t- types of consumables that all work again, that currently are disabled on max level characters, there will yeah. always be something that someone missed. And I mean, with a community as big as it is right now in WoW, uh, there will always be someone who who will quickly figure out, okay, this still works. This makes the challenge like 5% easier, 10% easier. Personally, I don't even mind the idea of doing like legacy content to to potentially get an upgrade from somewhere that can make that challenge easier. I think uh, if you look at like the the fact that, that this game is still supposed to be a role-playing game to a certain extent, it's nice to to know, okay, if you do this, Then, then you can have a slightly easier time within that content. But yeah, it's definitely a a little bit disheartening to see when people are going out of their way and spending hundreds of thousands of gold just to kind of ignore the challenge that is set uh, in front of them with the mage tower. Uh, Mm. Especially because I mean, it's it's one of the few content types or like content in general that we've gotten over the last like half year nine months. So. Why, why rush to making it uh, a 5 or 10 attempt challenge when you can, can have fun with it on multiple characters over the next, like, I mean, it's four weeks now, right? Or three are left. So yeah, there's yeah, still three, plenty yeah, of time to, to deal with all of them. And, I mean, overcoming the challenge is, at least to me, personally, way more fun than just getting around it.
1: Yeah, I tend te- yeah, to agree with in
0: that. Game. Um, I also don't really have a problem with Legacy Gear. Uh being good in any way. Um, like I I think that like farming for the auto ring from Court of Stars uh is technically like a fine addition, as long as it's not too crazy. Um but the problem is that Legion Time Walking is gonna go away, right? Um so ideally I'd I'd wanna see something that's a little bit more permanent. Like if, if the Mage Tower was up the entire time and people could just go and Slow like if they need to, they can go and you know farm Nithendra for their trinket for you know months or whatever. Then I like I feel like that'd be fine, but the fact that it's all gated and like it'll go away, kind of makes the whole like legacy gear stuff really a sour taste. Yeah, um, fear of
2: missing out and whatnot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fear of missing out, and if if you're like you know it's it's also around the holidays, so like if you're not around. And you're busy and got work going on and stuff, and you can't play, then you know you can't farm fifty court of stars to try and get your ring, or you can't farm fifty vault of the wardens to try and get your trinket. You just feel like you're missing out just because you don't play as much
1: which or just like, not, moving into not
0: great,
3: Or just like moving like fully into just like time walking gear in general,
0: yeah, yeah, just just older older gear, older consumables and stuff like that. Um because Sally brought up a point about how uh, older gear being allowed
1: is is kind of in the spirit of uh, what an RPG should be. like wow has a really bad habit of
2: every time we do something, we spend like a year and a half, two years in a certain thing, and then it's completely forfeit, which is normal with like when we had raid tier gear and stuff, and not even then, not always because sometimes you'd be wearing two sets and four sets from the new sets are trying to mix and match and stuff. But WoW always has a really bad habit of just like getting rid of content or getting rid of things. So having the ability like with those, um, what are they called? Relics of the past that uh, it's when you're crafting, you can actually craft things up to a higher item level. So you can use them in different situations like this. I think that's interesting, but it also does kind of, as far as for the Mage Tower would diminish the, uh, kind of the novelty of doing it without needing all that stuff and with the Mythic Plus time walking right now, especially the Legion Mythic Plus stuff, it's nice to actually be able to do other dungeons that you haven't done in a while to get upgrades and not just to be able to do them just for the sake of doing them. Having something actually look forward to rather than just, oh, I like this dungeon, I remember Court of Stars, it was fun. It's like, oh, I can actually get something meaningful out of it still, which is nice.
4: Yeah, especially when you you look at other time walking events, right? Like, I mean, if there's a different time walking event, what did usually happen? People went into the dungeons four times to get their weekly quest done. And then for the most part, they either logged on an alt and did it again for another character, or they just never set foot into time walking for the rest of the week. Um, and I mean, they're slowly adding onto, onto that core idea that they had a while ago. Uh, first adding the, the time walking raids, and I think those were quite a big success. And now also adding the, the time walking Mythic Plus. Um, which I think is a great idea, personally, because obviously I'm a huge fan of Mythic Plus in general and Legion and Plus in particular. But it just feels nice to, uh, to have rewards beyond the, okay, I haven't seen this dungeon ever. A lot of people who haven't played the game or only started in Legion or BFA hmm. might, do, might be doing like Cataclysm or Mists of Panera dungeons for the first time. And so there's some novelty there. But beyond that, there was never really a reason to, to do them repeatedly outside of maybe getting a, a time-walking currency like Mount or Pet. So, while there is certainly this this fear of missing out when you can't participate in one of the time walking dungeons, having meaningful upgrades or I would prefer side grades, I think is a is a good thing to have in the game, especially with how much gear centered around specific items just being acquired through raid, right? And that was something that we were also looking to uh, towards for nine point two, where immediately the question was, okay, so how are people who aren't Going into raid, gonna access the tier sets. And they, they, that was always an issue of going back into, into like very early expansions. So I do think that there's a place for time walking gear to be, uh, to be as good or even maybe slightly better than, than current gear. It's just a matter of tuning it correctly. So it's not all bearing and you don't feel the, the, the burning need to just step into a dungeon like a hundred times. Just mm-hmm. to get that one trinket because it's it's such an upgrade over every current current trinket.
1: I, I so related to the. You first, you go
3: ahead. Yeah, so like related to the mage tower stuff of like having old gear to farm. I think this is like overall. I think that's fine. I think having if you want to either learn the fights through playing them, you know, reading guides, talking to people, uh, that that's a viable strategy. If you want to, beat. If you want to beat it by farming old content to get an edge that way, I think that's also fine. I think it gives purpose to older content rather than just keeping all of this content completely useless forever. And then also I think um, I'm a big fan of Time Walking Gear actually being relevant. I, I I think WoW currently needs more reasons to log into the game. Time Walking does exactly that. We've been, my guild specifically, I guess, we've been on farm for a very long time. I haven't seen this many people log into the game since they've added Legion Mythic+. Plus. I see basically every single IG wearer permanently in Vault of the Wardens, permanently playing the game, permanently asking in guild, hey, you know, come to Keys, we're going to be doing vault spams. Uh, we're going to be doing, like, vault core spams. We need, like, people to just run around with. Uh, you know, I-, I-, I like parsing, so I like doing big damage. So when stuff like time walking gives gear, gives me a reason to log on, do my rotation, run around, play the game, have fun. Sure. It might be weird that a 246 trinket from Time Walking is better than a 252 Mythic trinket. But who cares, in my opinion? I'd rather have more excuses to play the game than less, and making those trinkets worse than Mythic options would basically shut off an entire subsection of the population that plays WoW at a Mythic level from engaging with the content at all uh, in a gear upgrade aspect. Obviously, the Legion time walking is a lot more weighted in power because it has access to Mythic Plus, so it has access to really, really high high level versions of these like special items. What I would like to see moving forward, maybe if people are are generally a fan of this idea of Legion time walking actually being a way to get damage, uh, is add add a way to get Wrath trinkets, Cata trinkets, just like whatever the dungeons are, maybe maybe once you complete 10 dungeons or whatever you get some kind of trinket upgrader and then the trinket will go to 246 or whatever the whatever the the mythic 15 version of the trinket is just so that there's more options like hey you know I can farm on cataclysm week I can get this trinket you know on the wrath week you know there's something like deathbringer's will or something just reasons to log into wow is what I want and stuff like legion time walking actually dropping gear that's useful is something that does that
0: yeah um I think that I would want to see uh, some sort of time walking gear, like especially trinkets. I think trinkets can be really, really cool when they're done correctly. Um, But a lot of the time, uh, it's always sort of a question of, oh, well, this just does damage. Or this just gives me stats. Um, And so I feel like there's not really much thought behind taking which trinket in which situation. Um, we kind of have that with like Mythic Plus versus Raid. Like you would take Fusion Amplifier and Raid, and then you'd maybe swap into like an Ocular Gland for Mythic Plus or something like that. But outside of that, where you're just getting like raw stats, or you're like this trinket does AOE, uh, it doesn't feel that interesting to me. Um, so I think like Whetstone was was a kind of a breath of fresh air um, because we're kind of lacking on uh, on. Just raw AoE trinkets expansion. Like in Legion, we had uh Moon and stuff. And Moon were just crazy, right? But uh now if you go into Mythic Plus, a lot of rogues especially are just wearing like fusion amplifier. Um and part of that is like, you know, prio damage or whatever. But there's also just an inherent lack of AoE options. So I think in my ideal world, I'd want to see something like Whetstone, where it's like this is really good, but only on, you know, really heavy AoE. And then you'd get, you know, some ca- sort of Cata Trinket, and it's like, well, this is really good, but only on, like, two to four targets, and it doesn't really do anything past that. So I feel like that was, like, also one of those things where uh, they target-capped the Trinkets now. Um, I feel like that was a sort of a missed opportunity to try and give Trinkets a niche um because i i'm that guy that you know sits there uh when a ready check goes out in front of a raid fight or you know looking at a mythic plus route and going okay well what can i what can i do what can i change to squeeze out some more damage right i feel like a lot of people play the same way but right now there's not really much you can do in that regard um you of just look at your trinkets and you go, well, I want to play something that does cleave, but I can't because that trinket doesn't
1: exist.
0: That, like, there's no trinket in that space that I can use, that I can think about using here, because there's just nothing. Um, yeah, that, so. there's
4: not a whole lot of gear pieces in general, right, that yeah, do yeah. have that opportunity right now. <clears throat> Looking back, and I think Legion is is the prime example as an expansion there, with Gearswaps being around, obviously, uh, for, for dungeons themselves, they always played a big role. And, I mean, we had the legendaries, we had the set bonuses, and we had the, the trinkets. And all of them allowed a class to function in an environment where the core class design just failed to provide a meaningful niche. But, I mean, if you needed AoE desperately, in your entire raid or in your entire group, then you just swapped something in that, that allowed you to at least be somewhat competitive. You, you would never beat the classes that were designed to excel in that kind of environment, right? But you would you would be able to contribute. And right now, I mean, I don't feel like the Shadowlands Legendaries really feel the same, uh, feel the same niche that the Legion Legendaries did.
1: That's They're just true.
4: not like powerful uh, enough to, to really help with those issues. And as you just like like explained perfectly, trinkets really don't do it either anymore. Like most of the trinkets are just passive damage increases, usually on on pure single target. There's no cleave trinket, there's no AoE trinket. And the, the few that we have that at least mechanically should work in those situations, just based on design flaws, do not uh when we're looking at something like the decanter from Sanguine Death as a as a trinket, okay. that is supposedly uh more AOE oriented, but then it just has a lot of issues that just make it pretty much unplayable in those environments.
0: Yeah, or there's trinkets like uh, Shadow Grasp Totem, which like you see some niche use from it um, pulling stuff through the mists in, yep. in, in mists, but it has this entire line where it reduces the cooldown if it like kills its target or whatever. and uh, Even though it has that I personally never really notice it, slash, yeah. I don't really care for it. I just send it on cooldown anyways. Um, yep. And so there's, there's no, like, there's no, re- if you took out that extra line that it reduces the cooldown, it would be the same exact trinket. There'd be no change. So Yeah, this... it's the same
4: with the, the crit trinket, right, from, from Ray Solrion. Yeah, I yeah. It, it, it has a heal effect. I don't think most people even know that. You don't really notice it when you play it. Uh, I think at the end of the day, it's like 0.1% of your healing or something on an encounter, maybe even on a plus in a bursting week. It's just not noticeable. I think a lot of people were putting uh, big stakes into their trinket, particularly for Mage Tower, to get some extra healing uh, on the challenges that were a little bit high on the damage intake, but quickly realized that, I mean, that effect may as well not
1: it's just it's also
0: nerfed in mage tower, I think, but no yeah. I don't know there's there's a lot of space from like bring back old trinkets in the form of time walking, and I feel like that's just a an opportunity to try and create some diversity uh between when you're picking one trinket over
1: the other um that isn't really clear cut it's just you know sims higher than this one, so we take this one um but yeah. Yeah, it's I said something similar in BFA. Weird. They're they're just lax, cool trinkets. Like right now, the best
3: trinkets in the game are Salvage Fusion Amplifier, which is press button, do big damage over, you know, X seconds. Uh, the second best trinket is Phylo-Putrification, which is just a passive dot that gets applied to the target. Long, long gone are the days of um, Convergence of Fate or... The Argus pantheon trinkets, or... Draught of Souls, yeah. Yeah, Draught of Souls, like, Coral was pretty cool.
1: Coral was sick. Writhing Mass when it was bugged, that was sick. But most of the trinkets are kind of just... I I mean, most
3: of them at BFA were pretty meh as well, so I'm, I'm hoping they... There's definitely a lot of, like, cool design space you can make with trinkets in carving out specific niches on, you know, target counts and actually having... Just doing more interesting stuff than just do damage, give stats. I mean, even Eye yeah, of yeah, Command, I just just right? That.
0: Like Even Eye of Command from Legion, even though it just gave stats, it gave so much, but it had a downside to it a little bit, right? Because you could only hit <laughs> yeah. that one target. So you know that if you have a fight where you're changing targets constantly, wouldn't take Eye of Command, even though it's really, really strong. You don't have that with, like, Fusion Amplifier, because with Fusion Amplifier you're just like, well, I press the button, and if I swap targets, I swap targets. Cool. Still does the same damage and not losing anything.
3: That's why Coral was the best trinket in the game.
4: Yeah, the, the sad part about this, like, uh I, I'm just going to call it somewhat dull design, um, even though it's not entirely accurate, but uh it also leads to this issue where, where every tier, it basically comes down to okay, are my best trinkets going to come from dungeons this tier, or are they going to come from raid? And then there's there's no alternative to that, right? Like if the trinkets are, are well-tuned for single target like it was this tier, then I mean, okay, maybe if you get lucky and you get a file, you get to play it. But for the most part, you just want the raid trinkets. And then we had raid tiers, especially in BFA, where, where it was entirely hit and miss whether you wanted to play bo- two trinkets from raid or one trinket from raid, but it was always very clear cut. There was, uh, there was no, no alternative to these trinkets. They were just vastly superior to any other alternative. And I mean, either you had it or you didn't. And if you didn't, then you just felt bad about every other trinket that was offered to you that you got dropped or that you got in your, in
3: your weekly chest. I think the overall trinket balance is like, it, again, most of my contacts are going to be talking about Outlaw. I don't, I don't know the, the, the trials and tribulations of other specs, but I'll, I'll, like there's like 10 good trinkets for Outlaw. Like, when I was writing the Mage Tower guide, it was just, um, I was like, just put, on, just put on any trinket that you're using because like it, it's going to be good. Because like you have like amplifier, the the KT trinket, you have file. There's Codex. There's there's actually like
1: a million trinkets. Like basically all of them are serviceable at least for um at least for outlaw. Yeah, like Grim Codex. Actually, I did try that for a bit
2: for Agatha, and it actually does work out pretty decently when you have the big waves at Imps. So there was just, I mean, you can just cleave off one thing and it hits all things behind it. It's actually better than you would think because it used to. I don't know if it was just like a simcraft tuning or tweaking that was done but for a while grim codex i remember not simming all that great and now it's like it shows up and it's actually not if i had a 252 i'd probably consider wearing it for mythic plus
3: yeah the trinket owns people sleep on it people sleep on a lot of random trinkets people just oh, like yeah. see the the two trinkets that everybody uses which is like salvaged and um... file File and every other trinket unusable garbage trash instant <laughs> instant disenchant. I will never. D- it. I will. I will use a green salvage or yeah, I'll use a green salvage fusion amplifier before I even touch another trinket. But
4: that's community
0: perception for you.
3: you know What does What does top one hundred Warcraft log say? I do that. Not even top one hundred, just top one. I only look at the top players. I mean, it's just and amplifier, success. isn't it, for the most part? If if just I have to scroll,
0: it's not worth my time.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I guess on that on that note of of old
0: trinkets, uh, we saw that whetstone is, uh, omega nerfed now. Um, mm. it does fifty percent more base damage. Uh. However, it uh now splits its damage between all targets and it does increasing damage per target up to 5 um just like a normal AoE trinket that increase in damage is 15% per target. Um so it's basically a gain on one target and then an instant loss on everything else. Um and an AoE it'll do, you know, half the damage uh and in bigger pulls it'll obviously do even less than that. So, seeing that,
1: uh, do you think that countermeasures will also see the nerf put into the ground? I... I'm not
4: sure. The, the reason I think why Whetstone was such a, such a massive outlier was because of, of what you explained uh, a few minutes ago. It's just there was no other trinket that, that was even close to to the usefulness of the whetstone, whereas countermeasures is basically just a, a different, differently typed uh, fusion amplifier for the most part. Um, maybe it deals a little bit more damage. Maybe it deals a bit, little bit less. But the, the functionality of the trinket itself is is almost the same. Um, so hopefully it it can remain as a side grade for all those people who are not yet killing Mythic Guardian or just happen to get unlucky. I mean, I know for me, it took 15 weeks of killing the boss before I finally got one. And having dungeon alternatives for these kind of trinkets is, is pretty healthy for the game, I would say. So, you know, even if you got a little bit unlucky in raid, especially with, like, no bad luck protection, no, no master looter, no, no bonus rolls, um, having an opportunity to just, uh, yeah, no live a dungeon for a couple of days to get an, an equally as good item I think that's, that's a healthy thing for the game. So hopefully they're not going to nerf it into the ground.
3: I can't imagine them doing a blue post on how they're changing a handful of trinkets and then another blue post later with another handful of trinket changes. My assumption is, is if they're going to change any of the trinkets, it would be in the first blue post. Um, anything else, my guess is probably no changes. Because Why would you make half a balance change and then do half a balance change later? Seems to make more sense just to have them all at once. Maybe delay it a few days and then be like, "Hey, we're going to nerf Whetstone and we're nerfing Countermeasure and we're doing this." Blah blah blah. blah. Rather than r- rather than doing like half and half, it, it just seems like dumb to do half and half. How much better is it even for all the for for all the specs? Like I think it's like fifty DPS or something for me over two fifty-two fusion amp. Yeah. It's-
0: it's 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 somewhere in that range um i saw that on sin because of the the crit and the interaction with the frost set with crit, like 150 Hmm. um but i did some sims uh for 9.2 and i compared it to that over a 252 fusion amp without stuff on and it was less it was like 70 or whatever
4: um, so, it's but, mostly, it's not even the proc itself. So, it's just uh, the fact that it has crit instead of agility that makes it. A I mean, it's still, yeah. it's, still really,
0: it's still really good as a proc. It's not like the damage is bad and it's just pure stats, but the stats definitely help.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
0: There's also
2: something to consider is like we look at it a little bit in a vacuum for trinkets, especially things that can be used by a lot of different classes since it is just a stat, a secondary stat trinket. If this trinket, I haven't, I don't really look at any other classes or specs. But mm-hmm. if this trinket is only good for rogues and it's only like a hundred DPS better than another trinket that's relatively close in item level, I don't see them touching it. Like if this, if this was like the best melee DPS trinket, period, bar none, for everybody, maybe. But if Hunter's it's literally just well, us, I would
3: always, say maybe dual wheel specs. It's always rogue plus demon hunter, literally right. every time.
4: <laughs> yeah. There's also the point to be made that they also, it's not just their nerfs, right? I mean, obviously, Whetstone got nerfed, but clearly they looked at all trinkets um, and not yeah, just one the positive outliers, with the, the mark of being buffed by like 500%. So, I do, yeah, I was actually agree with what Guy said. <laughs> they, they did seem to have taken a look at all the trinkets and not just the ones that we, we have been uh, hunting for the last uh, six or seven days. So I think it's it's fairly safe to say that at least for the time being, countermeasure is probably here to stay. Um, but I mean, obviously, uh, obviously they can always change their mind on the uh, change their mind on this later on. But I think for now, I, I would I would uh, yeah I would guess farming it is probably worth it because, as Guy just uh, just stated it's unlikely for them to just come out uh, in a few days and say, oh yeah, by the way, we totally forgot we we're going to nerf countermeasures by 80%. How
1: many vault runs yeah. have you done, silly?
4: Not that many, actually. I haven't really been farming dungeons for gear, per se. I've mostly been trying to, to push the, the keys to, to, to the highest level. Because usually when you run with a, with a group of, of people you know, then you can just say, oh, hey, by the way, can you go Enhancement Shaman and Windwalker? on the tank and healer, and i mean higher keys, uh, having more loot per run, at least allowed me to get uh, both core of Stars items so far. But I haven't done a whole lot of vault, and I mean I have pretty much every trinket from Legion time walking at this point, except for counter-missions.
0: Nice, nice. Um, when you're pushing, because I've been basically farming Court of Stars, um, but I haven't done anything over, I think, a 17. Uh, how impactful is that debuff from Infernal? Because um, it, when when you kill the uh, the infernals and you soak the thing, it does pulsing a pulsing debuff that increases their damage done. Right? Is that an actual like big increase? Is that like prideful levels of damage where you get it in the last?
4: Definitely not prideful level. Uh, I think oh. the the main hindrance for the debuff itself is just that. For the most part, the Legion Dungeons aren't really about like getting more time by just doing more DPS. It's just about, it's just about living things uh, once you push high enough. And so the debuff does nothing for that. And while I think there, there's still a lot of room for improvement for, for m- most of the groups to really utilize the buff in a better way, uh, say, for example, you can usually stack up the debuff without pulling the boss by just standing close to it. Um, and Right now, everything, like like all the people do is they pull the the last set of Infernals with the boss and then they get like three stacks or like three sets of stacks from the Infernals. But technically you can already start with the first set of Infernals and get like nine nine full Infernal stacks on it, which would be roughly like 40 to 50% increased damage taken once you start to, to actually pull the boss. And that would definitely be a, a huge gain and just making the bosses easier. But uh, at the end of the day, I think the affix itself is just a little bit of a time waster, which doesn't really matter that much for Legion Dungeons because the timer is not an issue. It's just about surviving
1: the, the actual bosses and the actual trash mechanics. And the affix does nothing to help with that. Yeah, I think I did the affix twice, and then we went to plus twos. <laughs> so that's my experience with the uh, mechanics. Yeah, I mean
4: we had the great push over the weekend, right? And it did not mm-hmm. seem like any of the teams were, were actively playing around it beyond yeah, getting the last three with the boss and trying to, to extend the buff instead of getting all three all three applications at the same time. But yeah, it's it's just not a big it's it's not big enough of an affix or not a meaningful enough of an affix. Maybe if they increase it from one percent increased damage taken per stack to two. It would, it would feel more noticeable, if that makes sense.
2: It also but, lasts a uh, really short time, I think. I yeah, think like 20 debuffs, seconds. Like 20 seconds, yeah. Yeah,
4: like yeah. I was talking to some of the, some of the people playing Great Push uh, about potentially, like if they had any plans of, of optimizing the, the debuff time a little bit better. And at the end of the day, when you're pushing into like 25, 26, 27, you don't even have enough time to kill the next wave of Infernals before the debuff from the first set of Infernals already ran out. So even if you try to min max a lot there, you you can't really play around it uh, due to the way that the numbers are tuned right now. I still like the affix in itself because uh, I mean what something that we've seen in, in Shadowlands and plus in general, not just in Time Walking, is this kiss slash curse uh, affix design, where you first have to deal with an affix that just you know costs you time and that you have to expend cooldowns on, but once you've once you've dealt with it, you also get a benefit from it. And Inferno obviously falls into that category, while the tuning itself might be off. I do think that them experimenting with more of these kind of affixes is a nice thing. And I mean, we've already had like like some some minor I don't want to call them leaks, but at least we get a, we have a basic idea now of what uh, seasonal affix is waiting for us. In nine point yeah, two. Encrypted. Yeah, it's it's called encrypted, and apparently, like it's it's again something like a kiss slash curse. Uh, seasonal affix. And I, I do really like those because I think it's it's an interesting design choice to uh, to have players figure out, okay, what's the best way to approach these mechanics and, and how can we best fit these into our routes in order to really maximize the benefit of, of yeah what we're doing here. And honestly I hope that this this kind of design philosophy eventually finds its way into rate design as well. There's not that like many rate mechanics that that do this thing where you know you deal with a certain mechanic and then at least for a short period of time you get a massive like boon or boost to your rate's performance. Uh, it's it rarely works that way.
2: My only problem with the kiss curse things, I do think it's it, design wise. I think it's a good thing because it allows for some creative great creativity with it. The problem is, and as I'm sure you've seen with higher keys or just when pushing keys is there are times where you basically just have to ignore the affix to some degree. Like I think Tormented's a bit different because at least there's a debuff applied to just the last boss when you skip things, but it's a pretty common strategy even in like lower key, lower quote unquote, like 23s, 22s, where you'll skip certain uh, Tormented enemies just so that way you can save time because the buffs that they offer are worth less than dealing with the debuff that they apply which i feel that's kind of i mean it's better than prideful because prideful people were literally just like shroud skipping or like death skipping and doing yep. weird stuff to just completely ignore it because it was that bad of an effects at points when it was so it was so much time and cooldowns invested that you just literally didn't gain anything out of it you blew everything just to get a minute buff when you had no cooldowns up and tormented's better than that i'm hoping we don't i'm hoping we see the lessons learned from both tormented and prideful the good and bad of both and that's use going forward with encrypted, as I think it has, if they can do it right, it could be as enjoyable or more enjoyable than tormented personally.
3: What do you mean by the downsides of tormented?
2: Well, they have ads that their buffs are so inconsequential that it's more often than not, especially with affixes combinations, that you just skip them anyhow. I guess is how, how I'd word it. like.
4: Yeah, I mean, you have, okay. you have two offensive ones, right? And two defensive yeah. ones. And then um, so you're... you're skipping the defensive ones as yes. much as you can and as much as your tank or your group can survive. Can handle last it. Boss.
2: Exactly. You're not going to skip, like, you won't skip Varuth or Arkalath but very likely, unless it's something like Nalthor, you won't, or uh, Sogodon, you won't skip on acrotic wake because those freaking because now Thor will just chunk your tank in like two hits with that icicle lance which is physical even though it's a frost attack or whatever but there's a certain dungeons where you just don't even deal with certain enemies from the tormented affix, which kind of and it's if you're going to skip things like slith just said you're going to skip the defensive ones you're never going to skip offensive ones so they should have all have had an offensive like they should all have had champions brand as an option for example so that way you could say, Oh, okay, it's either I can take it offensive or I can get some more
1: stats
3: or something, you know? So I I think I just disagree. I think while I think it reminds me of what I liked about awakening, where when you do awakening in just like your, you know, your weekly 15s, you're going to every pillar, you're using all the portals, you're doing some crazy routes. Usually, you're not really skipping in lower keys. But when you get to higher and higher keys, you have to change your routes a lot around. You have to, you know, use portals in certain ways. And then eventually, you just don't even need certain pillars. You can just bring the pillars into the boss. And I think being able to ignore... um, I think being able to ignore the seasonal Mythic Plus mechanic is a very... I I think the prideful ignoring it is bad. Because that was just, you know, go go night elf and shadow meld and that's like that's like that was the worst that was like the worst that's like cheating that's like cheating but when when they give you the option to either engage in combat with the this hard mob and it'll give you a benefit if you don't think the benefit's worth it i think that's interesting that you can put a um a, a downside to fighting the last boss and having to play with like a Additional negative modifier because of the choices that you made in the dungeon. I think it just opens up more like um interesting design space in regards to like how you how you can choose to pull a dungeon and how you can route.
2: I get, that's fair. I just I think I think that it is it's a option. The fact that it's an option and that there is a downside to it. Whereas like like we just mentioned, prideful was just like the worst example of a kiss curse because it just literally mm-hmm. it just meant memeing it and you just didn't even deal with it at all because it was so yeah. bad that the buff was pointless. tormented definitely fixes a lot of those issues i'm hoping that encrypted follows a at least some of that design philosophy and it'll make it hopefully more worthwhile that it usually would be better to do it Uh, it uh, it, of course depends on the key level like when you start getting into just absurdly high keys but i
1: don't know i'm I'm
3: optimistic i would say it's kind of what i envisioned what what I was coping on how I wanted beguiling to function in EP yeah. where when I saw beguiling a lot of people were like ooh this sucks and I'm like eh, like is it is it are are some of these packs going to be unbearable absolutely but like my dream for beguiling was like here's an affix where oh like this pack has this monster on it we just don't do this pack this week let's route in a different way to not pull this ugly monster. Uh, obviously, it's not really how it played out. People just did it begrudgingly, or just you know totally skipped. Certain yeah, one of the interesting things,
4: f- facts about Beguiding, though, and I'm, I'm actually glad you brought it up, is that mm-hmm. I think the very first, uh, very first time it was that data mined on the PTR, it actually had a, a kiss curse mechanic attached. Yeah. To it. Yep. And then they actually got rid of that. And I think there was a lot of a lot of wasted potential. Mm-hmm. I would say that the, the main issue with beguiling was the the rotational thing about it, and it's, it's something that I've always been uh, objecting to when it comes to Mythic Plus in general. It's just the seasonal affix. When we look at at when Blizzard first talked about it back at, in, in uh, BFA beta, they moved the tyrannical and the fortified affixes from the plus ten key level to I think it, it's plus four now or plus three. Um and said so that the seasonal affix is not supposed to be a high impact affix. Uh so there's not such a major jump in difficulty going from plus nine to plus ten like it was with Fortified and Tyrannical. Mm-hmm. And except for reaping, I would say that has never been true. So maybe either change their, their view on this. Um uh, but overall I just feel that the, the rotational aspect is just kind of bad because you do want people to get some consistency, especially with affixes changing every every week already um and I, I do agree with you guy when you said that that ultimately it's it opens up a lot of design space but it comes down to to the tuning of it when you have something like pride where you basically try to invest potion every single one of them that's bad
1: yeah like yeah. You have yeah something like commented
4: where where some of them you literally cannot skip either for the dps benefit or simply because their auras are just too painful to deal with like i i don't even want to imagine what a what a final boss is like uh, with 50% reduced healing or the constant ticking debuff that takes off like twenty, thirty percent of people's health every couple of seconds. Yeah, like um, like
3: obviously the the movement speed one is the least yeah. um, detrimental one, and the buff happens to also be the least impactful. Yeah. I prefer if they kind of like you know more even them out. Where like maybe if you skip the damage one, uh, like the debuff, like I, I wish the debuffs were a little bit more paired to like the power of the actual. Yeah, like the, the easiest
4: to deal with mm-hmm. uh, negative effect should also. Bring the, the biggest power so there's some yes, actual right. decision making involved there
3: I, I do still think it's interesting I'll stand by it I, I think skipping them to fight bosses even harder I think that's cool no, I Having I think... the choice to do it is a good idea yeah yeah the choice yeah, yeah. yeah. prideful Absolutely. prideful obviously sucked because the way you the way you chose not to engage with prideful was like cheating like yeah, you would go night elf and like vanish or you would like use yeah and then they fix
4: potion. it and then you just needed yeah. to hold in this potion the entire dungeon because you could mm-hmm. never ever use a dps potion for anything mm-hmm. unless you really knew okay we're not going to find a prideful in the next five minutes or we're going to skip it in some other some other weird way
2: i'm also glad we've moved away from percent based to fixes because those are probably my least favorite thing about mythic plus because it just makes it where oh you accidentally pulled one thing wrong in your route now you're going to get this thing to spawn at the exact worst possible
3: time I'm I'm very thankful that we moved away from that. Well, that, especially that, yes. Yeah, first-time tank doesn't know when the, when Reaping spawns, man. You're like fighting a boss, he pulls one monster, spawns Reaping, you just explode. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the main issues
4: that I personally always had with the percentage-based Mythic Plus affixes is that it basically requires the tank or even the entire group to use external add-ons. I think... The game itself doesn't really give a lot of information as to how much mob count you're getting from each individual poll. And needing third-party tools to help with that is, is not good. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, with, with MDT being a thing and being able to pre-pl- uh, pre-plan your routes uh, into the, the smallest detail is, is amazing when you're looking at it from a very competitive angle. But having it basically become a requirement for, for any level of competitiveness from the, the most casual players to the people who, who really pushed the, the rank one keys in the world. I think there should be, it, it should be introduced at a higher level or should be a requirement at a higher level, but it should not be something that when you step foot into your first plus five key uh, and it's literally the first time you play on plus and you get kicked again because you don't have MDT and don't know what is being pulled, I don't think that is good, and I think that's one of the main reasons why I never really liked the percentage-based affixes, because it just excludes an entire group of the player base based on not having a third-party tool to help them
1: plan the uh, the dungeon. I do you agree, though, that this curse mechanics should have that layer of like...
0: If you don't want to pull this, then don't pull it, but you're going to get punished. I, I'm I'm with Guy that it's... Like, just having it up...
1: as an option, even, is just so good. Um, and I, I feel like some of them are just crazy overtuned.
0: but because the strat is to just kill them all, like, talking broader community here, the strat is always to just kill all the Tormentors anyways. Um, I feel like that sort of style of, of play where like you would skip one or two of them gets kind of overshadowed. Um, like we were doing a twenty three theater yesterday, and the healer was like, "Yeah, if we skip this, then it would be doing seven thousand ticking damage every three seconds to all players on the last boss." Which, you know, for one healer is just a, an absolutely absurd amount. Um, yeah. But, yeah, There's yeah. no
4: choice involved there, right? Like, you're, you yeah, it, do it. That, it's it, just, it's it's a it's very just binary thing, right? Either you kill him or you wipe. There's, there's no decision-making process involved there at all.
0: Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm interested... Likes... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm interested to see how encrypted kind of handles that. Um, if you just have to play them all uh because they're just strong or if you're actually able to go okay well we only need you know let's say four buffs out of the seven that are available and the other three are just in places where we don't want to go um so we'll just we'll just skip those and if there's a downside to that cool um but i'm i'm just interested to see in how that actually Ends up becoming a thing.
4: Yeah, um, it does seem like a little bit more like infested, though, as in that like individual trash mobs in the dungeon will be empowered, and once you engage with them, they they will like bring forth this this uh automaton or whatever it's called. So maybe yeah. it's not like like the the current ethics but we'll we'll have to engage with specific trash packs or avoid specific trash packs. Something that guy uh, was talking about earlier. Where a trash pack you would normally consider as as easy as easy mob count, you're now considering just like skipping it entirely in order to not uh, have to engage with with this mechanic because the upside maybe isn't worth for the upcoming pull. Uh, but yeah, I'm certainly I'm certainly hyped to to see uh, how exactly it, it plays out in the in the PTR once it's there.
1: Um, yeah, maybe there will be C- more boss encounters like that as well. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah. So that's that's
0: actually a decent segue. Um, to PTR. Um, we've seen a lot of PTR stuff now um, with uh, with tier bonuses. We've seen some raid testing, um, and it, I guess we could we could stay on the Mythic Plus route just a little bit longer, um, because uh, as we know in in nine point one the domination sets weren't active Mythic Plus. Uh, they were only active in raid. So Mythic Plus didn't really see much change in terms of actual uh, borrowed power um, outside of the affix. Uh, do you guys think that uh, some of the tier bonuses we've seen, especially uh, Rogue-based, obviously, will have any sort of impact on, on Mythic Plus? Um, I think the, the first impression is sub-tier set in Mythic Plus is is huge because it makes Cleave better, but then Assassination, for example, is only single-target. Um, Now, obviously, with the change to the shiv crit, we're seeing that shift out a little bit, Um, but do you think that
1: it changes the position that Rogue is in and how that plays in Mythic Plus? Um, I don't think so. I think if Rogue does big damage, it'll probably be brought to uh, dungeons, right? I think, yeah, yeah I mean, subtleties just, the subtlety,
2: they've already mentioned. I mean, I can post the link for the changes they're making in context, but there's also numerous bugs that they've said that more or less, like the TLDR, is there's a lot of synergistic things that aren't working with the subtlety tier set right now that we kind of speculated a while ago. Like it's supposed to work with Akaris, the four set's supposed to proc the two set, I believe. Uh, the fact that sh- uh, Symbols of Death is making the four set critically hit if it procs d- with Symbols of Death isn't supposed to happen there's a lot of things going on with it but i think the set is definitely gonna make subtlety even stronger than it already is in that case which is great and it'll also shore up its one weakness of low target situations because you'll be able to get all those shadow strikes onto lower target situations, like five or less targets and that lovely two to three target cleave section that subtlety is so well known for you know
0: banging three target
2: cleave yep that two targets, man, I love that. Just that extra rupture on the one guy. It's beautiful. A <laughs> lovely single guy. target
0: rotation on two targets. Huge. <laughs> um,
4: uh, it yeah, it go depends ahead. on what role Rogue is supposed to play in Mythic Plus specifically. I mean, right now we're mostly there for, for the single target and the priority target damage, so having mm-hmm. bonuses that allow us to cleave a little bit better or AoE a little bit better will probably not affect our... Yeah, viability in that content a whole lot. Uh, At the end of the day, I think it's too early to tell, simply because we don't really know what other classes are getting. So even if our bonuses look nice and feel nice and play nice, if other classes just get better stuff, then, I mean, we might be left behind a little bit.
0: Especially with Uh, double legendaries, right?
4: Yeah, there's a lot of gears that are being turned. And, I mean, at the end of the day, the set bonus is only one of them. But it's certainly nice that they've been, or that Blizzard has been aware that uh, Assassination might struggle a little bit with the AoE cleave, and so their their adjustment to the two-piece bonus is already promoting an idea of, of having, like, an extra button to press on AoE, not rotationally or, or regularly, but just as a as a cooldown. I think that's something that Rogue historically has always been a little bit weak on. It's just not really having, like, big AoE buttons to press that that, you know... Really feel meaningful when you press them. Uh, I mean, whether it's the Schröding Storm or the Black Powder or the Black uh, Blade Rush or the Crimson Tempest, none of them really feel like okay. If you press this button, uh, there's going to be big damage coming in. So, yeah, ha- having or bringing those buttons back a little bit. Whether you know we had the DFA and Legion, and now we have the the Shift for Assassination maybe in AoE. I think that's a, that's a good start. And Hopefully the development continues in that direction where the bonuses aren't just, you know, dropping from raid and designed for raid encounters, but also have like meaningful utility or viability in other types of content, whether it's Memphis just Plus making, or PvP.
3: Yeah,
1: just making them universally good rather than just single target good or just AoE good. I'm pretty sure oh, the the, the
4: PvP players are very excited about the assassination set so far,
1: because that is looking to be very very. Seems, strong. Like a, seems like a good amount of burst. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about PTR, obviously, um, we had some raid testing,
0: and even though uh we didn't have double legendaries up, we did get to play with the set bonuses. Um, so. Uh, I just kind of want to go down the line, uh, if you did any testing, what you felt like, what specs you played, um, what sets you enjoyed, what you did Uh So we'll just go top to bottom. Um, Mr. Zaratul, did you do any raid testing?
2: I did the first round, so I've only done two bosses of the raid. I was tied up the second day they were doing the heroic raid testing. Let me, I'm actually pulling up the dungeon journal now because I still don't remember their names yet. I know one's the worm from Dune, <clears throat> the worm from Dune, basically. Uh, let me see. Which one's with one mine? Uh, da, da, I don't even know how you say that. Docene, the fallen oracle, and Skolex, the insatiable ravener. Um, they were both really interesting. Uh, I did them in pugs, so it was very much a chaotic mess, and people wouldn't listen to basic mechanics like on the worm having to stand as a group to remove the debuff i think that there is a so far of just the two fights i did there is a exceptional amount of mobility needed but that is not necessarily a bad thing because with all three specs having good levels of movement between shadow step grappling hook and sprint i don't think we'll be punished as much as other melee specs which is obviously a good thing in our favor uh tuning wise obviously it's a bit too early to say none of them felt unreasonable people just weren't doing mechanics correctly like a- avoiding the uh black shadow waves that we're going through on the scene that come from each of the pylons it's like basically uh, for people who haven't seen it it's basically a big platform with four pylons one on each corner of the room and they'll have the boss will start like channeling on them and it will cause these waves to come out which is one part and then there's a dps shield you have to burn down burn down during one part, very similar to uh, Lady Ashvane from uh, Eternal Palace. And then Skolex was a very unique fight, definitely one I haven't seen anything quite like it before. But the fact that there's a mechanic where the entire raid has to stand together to cause the boss to do a special ability to remove your stacks of a constantly ticking debuff uh, in a pug is, when they don't listen, is very much painful. I'm sure in a coordinated group, it won't be that hard of a fight, but it'll definitely be
1: an annoying pug fight from what I'm seeing so far. But that was the only two I can really speak of. And Mr. Selly, how was your raid testing? Uh,
4: I have not done any PTR raid test whatsoever, mm-hmm. so I uh, will think I'll have to sit this you, one out. Uh, did you at
0: least play with the set on like a dummy or something?
4: I mean, uh... I basically I went in to see exactly what the implementation of the the assassination four piece would be because I mean while we had some some uh, information on that or assumed the way it worked based on the wording, uh, getting confirmation on the on the mechanics behind the set bonus was was certainly nice. But the way I look at the PTR for the most part is that uh, things are things things are changing all the time, especially because now Blizzard is. Really like looking towards incorporating community feedback, so uh, I I hope that everyone is really like trying stuff out, and I certainly should do so myself a little bit more as well, and providing feedback so we can get the best bonuses uh, imaginable. But yeah, beyond that, I I didn't really like try it out per se. I'm mostly waiting for Mythic Plus to be to be accessible with the new affix. Because, I mean, smarter people than me will figure stuff out for eight, and then uh, I'll, I'll deep dive again on the Mythic Plus stuff, because that's still the, the one thing in, in WoW that I really enjoy by far the most.
1: M plus Andy. Yep. And then, uh, Guy, you did some testing, right? I think you did all four? I did.
3: We do a little testing. Um... So I, I didn't do the first one because they were, like, on Thursday, like, hey, we're doing raid testing Friday. I'm like, nope, I gotta, I gotta be a wage slave. So I didn't do the first set. Uh, the second set, I was playing Hearthstone, and I forgot there was ray testing. So I only did Zymox for 30 minutes rather than the full hour. Zymox is sick. The original Zymox is one of my favorite fights ever. So this fight, super owned. I love it. Um, it, It's fun. You go through portals again. There's new
1: mechanics. There's like There's, like, mobs that spawn. I love when monsters spawn. It's great. Um, so
3: blunderbuss, blunderbuss plus the outlaw, t- uh, the outlaw two set, not 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 real. That is that is the worst. That is the worst spec playstyle in the entire game. If anybody has an outlaw rogue, go make blunderbuss and go try to play the two piece. It is it is unbearable. You have way too many combo <laughs> points. You can't like. It's it, it just doesn't work. It, it doesn't work. Um, you get way too many combo points. You're overcapping 500 combo points every fight, and then you're in permanent lag, so you never get to actually spend your combo points properly. L. Overall L. Uh, Celerity is alright. It's a little bit more reasonable. You get not a million combo points from Blunderbuss giving you a million, so it feels a lot better. Hopefully they—I I know they're nerfing I know they're nerfing the two-set to make it give you less combo points, so maybe Blunderbuss might be a little bit more bearable, uh, um, including when they fix the bugs. But... Not a fan of the Blunderbuss stuff. Do you of think that lag stuff. plays a
4: big role in the in the gameplay field there, or do you think that it's just, like, fundamentally an issue with the the two-piece consuming the, the buff while you didn't really get to stack up all the modifiers you would uh, initially would have liked for the proc itself?
3: The, the issue is just... You need to react for Outlaw, and you usually plan like two or three globals ahead. And it's impossible when you're getting mastery procs mid-global, and then it goes from, like, you go to press Sinister Strike, and then you gain six combo points. So then that Sinister Strike overcaps, and then you get like another like ten
1: from somewhere else. Like, it, it just doesn't work. You get, you get too many. It's, impo- it's impossible to play around properly. With, with at least with how uh, frequent the two-set is procging. Um, and then I, I I don't really understand what the other boss
3: was doing. Mr. Uh, Lehaavim. vim I don't know. He was kind of cool. I liked him. He seemed fun. It, it was kind of like um it was kind of like fetid. they like, had kind of like a fetid vibe going on with like the little things you have to like burst down. You're probably gonna organize like two and two. We, we were thinking about like a three tank uh, a three tank strap for that where you just like you would just tank that guy who makes the giant
1: bubble. Just away from the, away from the boss, and you could just fully ignore him. That felt kind of decent. But overall, I like the boss. Lots of
3: movement, dude. Every every fight is just, you're just running around. That's that what fight I know. You, have, too, you yeah. need so much mobility on that fight. An anti ranged tier. What a shame. So you're saying yeah, uh, night fade and
4: soul shape, or.
3: Subtlety, so double is, uh, shadow step, Selly you can't place is in <laughs> blade rush. Blade rush perfectly lines up for every knockback. If you're doing the rotation properly, it comes up right when the knockback happens. Infinite mobility. Nice. This guy smashes his fist through the Earth's core. Yeah. yeah.
4: What about you, Whisper? In terms of rate testing, did you get a chance to uh, to try out everything that you wanted to?
0: Yeah. So I didn't get a I didn't get a group for the first set of bosses. But uh, I did end up uh, going with a couple guildies um, and a, a pug group for the, for the second two. Um, Zymox, uh, I actually have to disagree. Uh, Zymox is a dog shit fight.
1: <laughs> what?
0: Um, <laughs> wait, why? And I felt like nothing was happening. Um, Dude? Like, well, that's true. Like there was there was rings and you just fucking ran through the the portals and it was all good like that's, okay.
3: that's all you did. Let, let me say, I I liked I liked the teleporters, okay. The teleporters, the teleporters, owned, okay. The the ads that just did like a co- like I don't know what that that damage was from those ads that just like fire like a cone. That that was that was silly stuff. I don't like that. I don't like the boss goes immune, but I, I just like the portal mechanic, okay. So you, you just like you just like portals, that I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, I thought that was cool, but I was doing the boss for like <laughs> a half hour, and I was like, "Is this? Is, is there a phase that I'm missing? Is there mechanics that I'm supposed to be doing? I'm so confused. I'm so lost." Uh. And then I realized it's literally just portals, and I'm like, "All right, cool. Portals and AOE, some stuff, and then chilling." Um. I did do the second boss for the full hour, though. Uh, That one was uh, a little interesting. Uh, We didn't really understand uh, the bomb mechanics. Uh, It was kind of hard for us to see which mechanic was doing what. Um, So, for example, we didn't realize that there was uh, two sets of circles, one for dropping the bomb and one for getting rid of it. Uh, so it took us like fifteen minutes to figure out that you actually have two separate mechanics going on, and you need to you need to actually clear out the bombs. Once that happened, it was it was pretty chill though. Um, I really liked the the kind of theory crafting that went behind which pad to kill, or if you could kill two, um, if you maybe lust so that you can you can kill two, or maybe even three if you split the raid up properly. Um, that kind of that kind of thinking was interesting to me um i always like fights that allow you to make decisions like that instead of just here's you know seven minutes of mechanics uh deal with them in the order that they're
3: given to you uh i think that there's no way you actually do three right that seems impossible three probably not on mythic but
0: i can see some heroic strats like maybe later in the tier for like speed clears where you actually oh yeah
3: maybe for a row i'm just the fact that they're on opposite ends of the continent makes it way harder.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're
0: definitely far yeah. away. We we quickly realized that we actually had to like pre move, um, right here yeah. we pushing them, um, and we, we also were talking about uh, holding cooldowns for it specifically. But it we realized if we're only doing one, it doesn't mattering. Uh, but I think two might be doable. Honestly, I don't know what the mythic tuning is. Obviously, we only tested them on on heroic. There might be a mythic mechanic where it's like you can't do this, and then you're just
1: screwed. Um, but two felt pretty doable. I like two. Two seems yeah, two fine. Is, two is cash. Uh, I do like the idea
4: of being able to to speed up kills once you, you know, have sufficient gear and experience with an encounter. I think that's something that has been sorely lacking in the last couple of raid tiers, uh, with, like, some notable exceptions. But for the most part, like, that there were fights that actually, like, got straight up harder because you had more DPS. So, uh, yeah, hopefully that's, that's something that will not see a return in, in the upcoming raid tier.
1: Would it even be a speed strat? Because all you're doing is just making less ads spawn. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I feel like you'd just be doing it for fun. Which it does sound very fun, but when you kill I mean anybody, it would look on a, it would look good on the meters, that's spawn.
3: for sure, right? Unless
4: Oh yeah, unless it's gonna be it's terrible. Uh... oh no, true t- because it's less ads, yeah. I mean
0: I don't know. The one but thing that I, I will see say, how it turns out, I guess. One thing that I will say about that boss is that knockback ad fucks hard, dude. Like <laughs> that, like
3: Owens, dude.
0: that thing dies and it just sends you, like, halfway across the
3: world. It's
0: so Captain crazy. Goes. You
3: act, You always kill that one. You always kill that one. You never actually get that one to spawn. We
0: were we were playing around with killing the the shield guy every single time, and then just going into one of the alcoves and letting it knock us back into an alcove.
3: Um, yeah, it seems like worse than just doing the opposite.
0: Yeah, it's. I don't know. It was. It was rough. It was just. It was just a bad time all around. The other two didn't <laughs> yeah. really seem that impactful, though. I'm gonna be honest uh
3: there's like the big dude i think so there's the there's the shield dudes which you can we were doing three tanks and we just had one tank like hold on to like four of them yeah that felt decent but it's like heroic so who knows if there's like a mythic mechanic you can also just like move the boss around a lot where anytime they cast the shield you just like move outside of it there's like the casting ones that do a trillion damage there's the big dudes that just do like tank damage and then then there's the knockback, dude. I, I think I saw the knockback one twice, because we just killed it every other time after seeing it once. Yeah, I, I,
0: we saw it basically every time, because we elected to kill the, the big shield dude, because we were just two tanking. Um, mm-hmm. But dealing with the knockback ended up being, like, one of the bigger pain points, because you would just get knocked back into, like... You know, one person would be slightly off-center, and if you're not tanking it directly in the alcove, they'd be, like, two steps to the right, and they'd be launched off into space. Yeah. And then just, like, die to bombs. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, honestly, I really like the, the the fight. I really like that there's a choice there to be made. Um. Especially some of the later overlaps where, like, now you have two shield guys. Now you have two of the, uh, whatever, the sentry dudes. Now you have two knockback guys. And you're like, well, you can barely deal with one knockback guy. I guess we can't deal yeah. with
3: two. I think it's cool that they're all at least on heroic. I don't, like I, I, would hope that mythic is more consistent, but at least on heroic, it's it seemed like all of the robots were random. So you have to actually respond to what the raid is giving you, and you have to allocate resources properly. I, think that's I, I cool. actually, I actually don't think that it was random because we were getting similar
0: setups every single time. Um, like the 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 second set, no, the third set of ads was always a double knockback for us.
1: Um, uh, I no. think. <laughs>
3: I think I the locations like the fr- maybe might I'm smoking change. maybe I'm smoking crack who knows
0: I think the locations might change but it felt like the uh it felt like the actual spawns of the ads were all the same so you yeah. have the same set of ads they were just in different positions that might be it
4: Did you get to play all or did you try all three specs when when retesting or did you just stick with the one that you're most comfortable with in order to be able to like soak in most of the mechanics of the bosses
3: um, I was more focused on just trying to make sure, like, I was just wanted to see, like, how... Because I know Subtlety's broken right now, it's the best spec in the game. It, it, it bonkers. Does so much damage. Infinite damage, okay? I want to see how, like, we have a subrogue in our raid, so I want to see how, like, Outlaw was comparing to uh, overpowered specs in Sub Rogue, so I only played Outlaw. I played
0: a little bit of Assassination, uh, just to get a feel for the tier set and how that played on each of the fights, timing-wise. With Duskwalkers especially, bringing it down to a minute cooldown. Um,
1: But I did play sub for... Actually, probably about half of it. I actually went half and half. Um, But, yeah. It... I don't know. Outside
0: of the numbers, how did it feel to
4: play on like actual encounters? I mean, because like reading the the bonuses, sitting on a dummy. Personally, I feel that all three bonuses aren't particularly enjoyable to play because they they disrupt your regular rotational gameplay a little bit too much. And I mean, especially on the specs that are already very reactive.
0: I thought the same one was good.
4: It, it can I, it can get a bit overwhelming, but yeah, I was wondering how it actually felt like on the bosses. You already said that the the Duskwalker one minute cooldown reduction was pretty consistent. Yeah, even I, on I, fights with high mobility.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it something you you foresee
4: going going to become the norm in the in the next patch? If the tuning stays somewhat the same.
0: I mean, if the tuning stays the same, then I think Duskwalkers definitely can see play. Um. Being able to have... like I don't know what the tuning will end up being on the adds for that second fight um, on the second set of testing, but if you need to uh, commit cooldowns in order to do two bosses, for example, like two of the adds, then I can see Duskwalkers being really strong um, because the times that you would push, for us at least, generally overlapped quite well um, Hmm. where you would get flagellation up and you get vendetta up at the same time so if you need to do cooldowns on that that seemed pretty good um i also thought in general for the sub uh for the sin here it's uh it actually felt pretty smooth to me but i still think that the snapshotting at the end of it is weird um i know that a lot of people enjoy it uh snapshotting it and Seeing that as like a a way to express your skill and your knowledge, um, sort of outside of the norm, where it's like, well, I have you know two extra seconds here, I'm gonna refresh my bleeds, um, because I know how the mechanic works. But I'm still starkly against having a lot of snapshotting things like that. I just think they're unintuitive, um, and I'm not sure how many people actually enjoy. Snapshotting because of the gameplay versus how much people enjoy it because it does more damage and it gives them more energy. Uh, I think in general, though, the the Sin tier with the energy
1: increase uh, was nice to play but it just felt like it lasted way too long, in my opinion.
0: Because Especially with the snapshotting, you'd get like 30 seconds of exsanguinated bleeds or like 25 seconds of exsanguinated bleeds and then vendetta would be up again in like 30 seconds
1: you hmm. basically
0: get like half the uptime it's basically like playing nihilotha
1: except that you'd be slow for like half the time um which you know is fine
0: it's it's a way that sin plays Um. Sanguinade is a talent that allows you to do that, but the uptime just felt really high, which took away part of that exciting feeling of pressing Vendetta. Because you it felt like you were pressing
1: Vendetta for the uptime more than you were pressing Vendetta for the burst, uh, which I kind of don't like. But in general, I think, uh, I think it was good. Um, I personally
0: also enjoy the subset I know that's going to get me some flack because, you know, people hate the RNG on it. Uh, it feels very disingenuous
1: to the to the spec, but I don't know. I enjoyed both of them. I didn't play Outlaw, so I don't know anything about that. The, I mean, Outlaw, set, the Outlaw set has great potential, okay?
3: that's That's great potential. Just needs It just needs, like, two fixes, and it's mm. so good. So close to perfection. Yeah, once the four set actually does
2: something meaningful, it'll be... I mean, ju- even just the two set, it just fills... It gets you into doing so many more finishers. It's nice. Infinite combo points. Yeah, it's it's very pleasing to just... You hit Sinister Strike once, oh, you're full. It's like just having Mark for Death, and you deal damage from Mark for Death. It's
1: pretty great. Yeah, it's sick. It just... It just sucks. The four set stinks. I guess the question would be: Is how in how will things? Change? I mean, eventually we'll see once they do something with the four set. But
2: once they're done tuning and doing things, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping with this build we'll see that. I'm hoping well, I was going to get as double legendaries and seeing what that'll do. Okay, oh, yeah, we having, need oh god, oh yeah, that I'm should not. be if they if they add in the two uh because they did three chapters last week i think and then two chapters the next this week or it was three chapters the first week two chapters last week so i think the seventh week is when we're supposed to get double legendary i believe so it should be this ptr build if they do it in cadence like that
0: boomy supremacy let's go
4: what legendary combos you you think uh, or are you the, the most excited about for for some of the specs like what? What are like like the moment the patch hits
2: and the double legendaries activate? What what's the first thing you're gonna try out? Do so you do freaking obedience and Akaris if they put the friggin' uh, Akari synergy in? Like they said they're gonna.
1: It's gonna be so stupid. Yeah, I've a lot of
2: damage.
1: All, all right, right subtlety is gonna so is so overpowered. I hate that spec. They oh. should nerf it.
2: I play all three. I like it. I play. I I try <laughs> to play all three pretty regularly. The only thing I need is I need to work on a. I've already got like 2480 as Subtlety and Outlaw for keys. I want to do a assassination next just so I have them all at like 2500-ish. But now that Akaris, that was when I first saw that when I first saw them announce the uh, the two legendaries I was like, if this thing works with Akaris with the tier set, this would be so stupid. And they're apparently supposed to, so that's nice. And then me and Guy have talked about it in the past uh, like few weeks. We talked about uh, resounding clarity and Deathly Shadows before they announce the tier set, so I don't know if that'll change into anything different. But I still think that would be pretty good because that way you don't have to worry about any nonsense of Blunderbuss giving you eighteen thousand combo points. But Greenskins think... might still take the place of Deathly Shadows,
3: I would think. Yeah, the Deathly Shadows dream is officially dead. I'm officially Aww. putting it in the grave. Um, everybody, just because you know, of the tier set. Everybody, say goodbye. Uh, well, considering that in the blue post they say that they're going to be fixing bugs about the gun legendaries, I am very confident that they are going to super juice those legendaries to make them the best. That would make sense. I mean, the idea was to make a thematic play around. Yeah. If you want to make visible, a gun, so, yeah. Yeah, you're making a gun set, you gotta make the gun legendary broken. Um, it's also for... like they're like they're almost good enough. They only need like a little bit of synergy, and the tier sets are probably going to give enough synergy to make them good enough.
0: Yeah, the the synergy seems strong with with guns and stuff. I think that the theme of the the outlaw set is actually really really good. Um, I think for for subtlety, like Sarah said, uh, I think Akari feels strong. Um, if it ends up you know working the way it does. Uh, Finality will just be kind of an auto-pick for Mythic+, Plus, I feel. Uh, but we'll see if Akari actually manages to pull ahead in that situation as well. For Assassination, though, uh, I'm really interested in Duskwalkers. I think Duskwalkers... Um, obviously we'll see what that's like numbers-wise and stuff. But, uh, One Minute Vendetta just sounds Omega Pog with Obedience... Um stacking yeah, that all together is just to say, crazy.
4: The ability to line up the cooldowns, I think that's always been one of the one of the downsides of uh of the flagellation in particular And when it comes to assassination, it's just always having to decide, okay, are you gonna sync the next set or are you just gonna gonna like send both of them on cooldown? And having overlapping CDs is just it feels nice in your overall gameplay. And I mean, if the damage is there as well, then then maybe it's not a perma pick for every encounter, but having a, a fairly solid one-minute burst is, is certainly going to open up a lot of opportunities to just really be one of the classes that provides a lot of single-target damage on a low cooldown, which, to be fair, Assassination used to have, but not so much recently. So... Yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully it really performs very well. Um, I am still still looking towards the, the Zaldic execute dream a little bit as well. With the four set and the two set, there's, there's certainly some, some room there for, like, if the boss design allows for it, to just bring the assassination rogue just to make sure that the boss actually dies once you hit the last 30%.
2: Oh don't worry. Every important boss will they'll not actually die. They'll just stop at 45% health.
4: Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Like uh Every it, important it's definitely boss definitely been a sad tier for Fozoldic, I would say. Um and I mean, I've always been a big fan of it because while while having the big overall is is nice for, you know, self-worth and and uh yeah, the the status within the guild, you know, when you're topping the meters then everyone looks up mm-hmm. to you. But uh it also feels nice to just look at phase damage. Like I, I still remember, uh, I mean, playing assassination on the naphrys, for example. You know, just looking at the damage in phase, three specifically, and seeing the rogue at the top there—that that felt nice as well. So, I would certainly love for the double legendary um, to allow for more than just one combination of legendaries. That's just an auto pick because of the the way the legendary interacts with the set bonus and the covenant abilities. And I mean, it kind of ties back into uh, what Whisper t- was talking about earlier with the trinket stuff, where, you know, certain trinkets having certain niches. And I, w- I would like that to return a little bit for the legendaries and the covenants as well. So hopefully, there's uh, encounter design that supports different types of, you know, e- even something like Death Spike. M- maybe there's an encounter where Death Spike might actually be good in a raid environment. Uh, because uh, otherwise, I mean, Necro looks. Looks to be very much, yeah, very much nope. in the grave. They,
3: a... they need to fix Death Spike. That, yeah. like, it, it, it's more acceptable for it to not work when nobody uses it, but everybody's about to be using that, and it doesn't work. Yeah, just
0: everything around serrated Bone Spike and, and Death Spike needs to just be looked at, um... I know that they tried fixing the bugs and then they made it worse and then reverted it and then kind of abandoned it again uh, but they they definitely need to take a look at Necrolord bugs and just figure it out.
4: is the only covenant that that struggles from that, or do you think that night to a certain extent has a similar issue with toxic onslaught and sepsis just not being good enough in the in the current environment or even the like on on in nine point two looking forward to the or looking towards in your raid.
0: I mean, I think that toxic onslaught just has its own set of issues, not reducing the global cooldown and stuff, but then you go back and you see clarity and you're like, okay, well, I understand why it doesn't um mm. so there's there's a lot of interactions that like could happen where it's like the the the, me- the whole mechanic of giving other specs Cooldowns that weren't designed for them uh, is rough because there's so many things that you didn't think about when you made Shadow Blades, for example. Like Shadow Blades on Outlaw, when you have Pistol Shot counting for it, and you have a tier set that does a million pistol shots. So that, that kind of stuff is, is kind of weird. Um, in that regard. But I think the main problem with Night Phase is just that it doesn't have anything that's going for it. Uh, if you want a cooldown that's one and a half minutes, you just go Venthyr. If you want to line up your your cooldowns better and you get a one minute cooldown, you, you, know, you go Venthyr. If you go uh, Mythic+, Plus, then our AoE isn't really that important anyways, so you would go Venthyr. If you care about the AoE, you wouldn't go Fae. Uh There's just no real place for, for Fae to kind of stand out. Um, and I think that Toxic Onslaught doesn't really do much to change that. Because everything that Toxic Onslaught does is just done better by Venthyr. So in that in that regard, you just kind of will not see Fae. Unless they, you know, give it some tuning and... Buff it to the skies, and it's just numerically better.
3: Yeah, I think that's just the case with all the Covenants. You make them do the most damage, people will play it. Night doesn't do the most damage, it's not going to see play. Yeah. It'd be like that. It looks the coolest, though, of all the soul shapes.
1: I can't yeah, imagine a like,
4: rate of 15 Brutosaurs. sad, honestly. To a certain yeah. extent, that actually always makes me sad. The fact that uh, Night Fae is just not an option whatsoever right now for any of the rogue specs. Yeah, it's a little uh, stinky. And therefore, not being able to really like have some fun with the soul shapes and everything, uh, it always hurts a little bit deep inside myself. Like uh, I, I would like to be a, a Brutosaur just like running around and blocking people's vision.
1: Yeah, uh,
3: it's always fun during raid with the uh, the prism. Oh,
4: yeah, for sure. <laughs> being get, being a full hippo raid right now. Prison, with, prison uh,
1: flashbacks. You no. Know? <laughs> uh so that's kind of the list of stuff
0: that we wanted to talk about unless any of you guys have a big thing that we missed not really an opinion that you have that you want to piss off half the discord with
3: i think i've said enough to piss off half the discord so (laughs) yeah i'm pretty
4: sure guy already did have any called cymox the the most fun encounter I, think, I never uh, said
3: it was the most funny encounter. I just listen, okay? Portals, Omega, mega fun that encounter.
1: Boss, that boss has portals, so it owns. That's it, it's just that easy. Portal copium. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, listen, dude, so if you guys want to be if you guys want to be portal haters, that's on you. But I'm just speaking the gospel. Yeah, 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 sure. Gospel from an outlaw player. Facts. So, uh, let's do some community questions. Uh, We had a couple picked out.
0: If there's any other ones that Ronkles or Oxy uh, saw that they think that is good, no. Uh, The first one that uh, we're going to go through is from uh, Mr. Decaf. For each rogue spec, which talent rows are the least interesting? What type of meaningful choice do you think we should... Have in terms of talents, and how could some rows be supported, uh, be reworked to support this? Now, obviously, this is a this is a whole ass rabbit hole that we could go down for another hour and a half. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I'm just, just try to keep these a little shorter. Yeah, try and, try and keep it a little short. Don't go too in depth.
1: Um, and I guess we can do uh, a little bit of each each spec. So, whoever wants to take it away.
3: I think Outlaw has really good talents overall, there's a lot of variety, there's a lot of people that like to play bad talents, but still manage to do really well with it, so I think Outlaw's talent design is overall like basically a slam dunk, I think the the only really bad rows are the Alacrity row and the Blade Rush row, I think Killing Spree should be a little bit better for the downside that is attached to it, I think. And I think Dread Blades needs another buff, I think uh, Loaded Dice needs another buff.
4: Do you think Acrobatic Strikes should just be baseline because it's just so much better? I don't, I don't recall ever playing Hit and Run yes. or Retractable Hook.
3: It probably should, but I'm fine with it not being. Because like, if you've ever actually played with those other talents, those other talents are insane. Like Retractable Hook, with like uh, Restless Blades, your, your hook has such a short cooldown. It's nuts. And then Hit and Run, it's great for transmog runs. But, yeah, acro- yeah acro- I-, I like to run nice on, on the
4: original Zymox, actually, because it yeah. made it a little bit easier to just uh, mm-hmm. stay in melee range for a little bit longer compared to just having longer arms.
3: Yeah. but like, there are, yeah. like The thing is, there are some fights where acrobatic strikes does nothing,
1: but hmm. the other options usually aren't good enough for me to care, because it's like a utility row. Um. Yeah. The- the thing, is, Yeah, the thing is acrobatic strikes is just it's like the de facto choice. I do, I run retractable hook like all
2: the time in Torgast, honestly because especially with uh, Kyrian and you have between Kyrian and the uh, first steps yeah, the on powers. things, all the hook powers, you basically have grappling hook every other GCD when you have Kyrian because you do ringing doom or whatever so you have 20 combo point finishers and it resets the cooldown of echoing reprimand and it's just, it's insane and then you're unkillable with restless geodes, but outside of nice. in regular content, it's just Yeah, kind of a de facto choice. I mean, I would say the Alacrity Row is not uninteresting. In its current state, it's uninteresting. It has the potential to be interesting if they actually did something with Loaded Dice, and Dreadblades might eventually one day be like
3: a choice for more than just Venthyr, maybe. But, yeah. Yeah, there's new buffs. Loaded Dice should always give plus one buffs, always. With any combination you get, it should just be plus one. I don't know. It gives like when you when you roll loaded dice, you get enhanced
2: versions of your buffs. So it's like a better version or it adds something to it. I don't know. Like yeah, be when it. you roll with loaded dice, you get like if you roll if you roll grand melee, it gives you a verse buff as well as whatever it normally, like, you know, if they each gave it a stat a or something, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Loaded dice is just unfortunate because it could be something cool if they did anything with
3: it. Yeah. What about uh, what about the sin and the subtlety gamers?
2: I
4: mean, honestly, I feel like both Outlaw and Subtlety, for the most part, have interesting choices. They just happen to, like some of the talents just happen to not be choices right now, due to the way that the specs are designed. But uh, something like Nightstalk or something like Dark Shadows, I mean, are interesting choices. You just don't really have a reason to pick them. Not in the current state of the game anyway. For me, basically, the only aspect that really suffers from, from like, bad design talents or talents just being too good compared to, to the alternatives is just assassination because it's almost every single row there where you're like, yeah, this is a pick and you're never going to pick something else for the rest of the expansion. And that just feels bad. I remember it was a similar thing back in Legion where some of the rows, you would just never, ever change for, like, a year and a half. There was never a reason to do so, and I mean, one of the more obvious ones would obviously be poison bomb. Uh, I always, I always have to cringe a little bit when I do Torghast with Crimson Tempest talented, and then uh, as a as an epic power, I get to I get to have poison bomb, and that's just not a very feel good moment.
1: Yeah, they so should think- um
3: they should buff it back to legion numbers. I think that'd be good it should be more consistent though
4: i i did not like the rng aspect of it um i i would like it to be tied to something that we have a little bit more control over so also
3: yeah i just want to say about subtlety i don't think it's fair to say that their talents have a lot of diversity because like enveloping shadow is just way too good with rework um other than that i think there's like some decent stuff i think the like the pre-med row if pre-med like were It'd be, like, probably better, or, like, not, like, better than Weapon Master, but it'd be definitely better to, like, actually play with, but, oh, man, those, those pre-med bugs, not fun, but, yeah, Enveloping Shadow is, like, way too overcentralizing because you need two stacks of Dance for the spec to function at all, and Enveloping Shadow oh, yeah. just gives you those two stacks. Two stacks should just be baseline, Enveloping should give you CDR, and Dark
1: should just give you damage.
4: Yeah, I, I do remember back in BFA, like Dark Shadows and, and, and even Night Stalker compared to Shadow Focus, you used to be mm. a pick in, in certain plus dungeons just for the prior damage. And I think having that choice back where you either have higher dance uptime or have more meaningful dances, I think there was always a very interesting decision to make before every encounter based on, on exactly what the encounter demanded of you. And not having that choice right now simply because, as you, as you said correctly, it, it's just... The one extra charge on envelop- uh, Enveloping Shadows is just... You're never not going to pick it be- be- because it's just so comfortable to play. And-, and really, you can't really play the spec without it in the first place.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with all of that. Um, I think the Alacrity row on Assassination has interesting choices, but Alacrity's strong. I think the last row on Assassination needs some help because Hidden Blade is dog shit.
1: Um
4: Crimson Tempest should be baseline. Crimson Tempest not should having a finisher baseline is painful um, on any of the specs. I always wow. like to like to equate it to uh, imagining a red paladin not having Divine Storm, yeah. or having put talent into it. It it just feels just wrong. Like,
3: It Doesn't even need to be like paladin. Just like imagine if Black Powder was a talent. Yeah.
1: Like instead well, of. Uh, there's a lot of, of like, people. Enveloping.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people, myself included, who don't necessarily like the idea of, you know, the, the two-button rotation that Sub has on AoE once you, no, yeah. you get to a certain target count. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, obviously, making Crimson Tempest Baseline might easily lead to a similar situation. Uh, but, yeah, I still feel that having a, a, a class where the entire core fantasy is about building combo points and then using them to unleash powerful finishers and then you just don't have one for AoE just feels very wrong and, and very limiting as well. Uh, because at the end of the day, none of the rental powers will ever be able to affect uh, yeah, a, a talent. They all have to affect core abilities because, I mean, you can't have a rental power that only works with a talent. I don't think there's really any in the game for any of the classes. So I think that alone should already hopefully get us a little bit closer to assassination having a baseline AOE finisher.
0: Actually a good yeah. segue right there um, to the next couple of questions. Uh, so uh, We're going to take uh, Frozen Soviet's question. What talents or borrowed power abilities should be baseline, and should anything be removed? Uh, we already talked about that a little bit with Assassination. Um, I think me and Selly agree that Crimson Tempest should be, uh, should be baselined. Um, I, I wouldn't be mad if Hidden Blades and Poison Bomb got removed. Uh, but that's pretty much everything that i got I got for that um on assassination. I think subtlety uh, is actually in a really good spot in terms of like button presses. I think that nato is is good. I think that uh, secret technique is also a good button to hit. It's just way too weak right now. Um, but I feel like in terms of stuff that should be removed, I don't really have that much to say. Um, but baselined, I definitely think uh, Crimson Tempest is, is up there for
1: things that should be there.
4: I'd probably even add Blade Rush to it for Outlaw. I think having a second mobility choice, especially one that is as uh, satisfying to press as as Blade Rush, is a, is a good choice. And it still ties into the same idea, right? You could even make it a finisher that just uh, consumes combo points instead of just being a flat-out cooldown um and dealing a lot of damage and, and further you know boosting your AoE damage output whenever you use it uh i think all specs ultimately should have one AoE finisher baseline and i mean blade rush would would fit in quite nicely there and i mean yeah as for subtlety i think enveloping shadows should just be baseline at least the one com- uh one charge and shadow dance those are like such core mechanics you you can't really play the specs without them or even if you if you attempted it you fe- really feel new dot going into into a boss fight without those talents actor
3: um no? i think just when we leave shadowlands i so for the past three expansions or like legion and bfa there's been the repeated community problem of why are we weaker going into the new expansion than we were before? Obviously, that kind of just like needs to happen. But losing abilities and stuff kind of sucks. I think moving into this next patch, they really need to look at the stuff that exists in the game for classes that makes them kind of work, and they need to just make them baseline. I think all covenant abilities... There needs to be one new talent row, and this new talent row is all of the covenant abilities. It's going to be a four-segment um, talent row, and it should just be the covenant abilities. I think we've played with them a lot, and we've been swapping with them a lot, where we've treated them basically as talents. So I think they just have to be based. I, I, I just can't imagine a world of the third expansion of a row uh, introducing like this borrowed power system that you know people are a little reluctant to enjoy. And
1: just taking it away again just seems like a uh, I don't know, I can't imagine them doing that again. Especially because like specs like outlaw just
3: like feel very good when you have stuff like echo and reprimand and bones bonespike subtlety feels really good when it has Venthyr. like like the specs function
1: with the stuff really well I think so I, I hope they keep at least some of them around yeah I mean I. Can honestly, I can live with or without the covenant abilities. I I'm never a fan of
2: le- like losing things is the problem. I hate when every expansion we like like we invest two years into learning rotations around certain abilities or even if it's just oh hit this when it's on cooldown or off cooldown kind of deal. I don't like it when anything's ever moved. Like when they did the pruning during Legion, I was like this is just pointless. And then adding in things back just to say you added them back. Like now hunters like BM hunters have arcane shot for whatever reason. And you don't even use the move or silly things like that shouldn't come back but when it comes to um baseline abilities as far as for covenant abilities i could see them maybe doing a loose tie-in of them if we keep any sort of semblance of power from the covenant since this is like the whole creation of the universe is thanks to the covenants ruling the realm of death and however the hell the story works out like that but as far as i think the specs can do fine without them it's just there's a problem with losing things over and over, and I don't know if they'll actually let us keep even a fraction of these abilities, but I'm of the opinion that the rogue specs can play without them perfectly fine, honestly. I mean, they're nice to hit, and it's I like having more buttons to hit. It makes the rotations more interesting. But I don't know. I'm The borrowed powers are always kind of an iffy top topic, especially for me, because I don't really ever get too invested in them. Personally, I just don't Because I know they'll go away, so I never get excited about using them or not using them, because I know that they're just going to take them away because they always do. It'd be nice if we kept them
3: in some capacity, but I don't see it. Okay, we don't have a lot of time. I have a few more questions. We should just kind of quickly bang out these last few. Yep,
0: yep. All right. uh, So let's keep it like, two sentences. (laughs) Um, This one's a bit of a doozy, but... uh, how would you like to see Blizzard deal with Borrowed Power going forward? recent years, it's been very impactful to the performance of each individual spec. Do you think they need to find a balance of Borrowed Power combined with class design, or just see Borrowed Power as a balancing nightmare and want it
1: removed from their power? I mean, I, I guess you kind of,
4: kind of sort of covered that uh, yeah, already. Yeah. I think having an expansion or even a patch cycle as a testing ground for new stuff and then, you know, the thing that uh, that the community responds well to could cons- could be considered to be rolled into the next expansion. As long as it just doesn't just replace old stuff, but actually, you know, we do get a little bit of extra player power. Uh, Guy alluded to it earlier with, you know, like just feeling weaker going into a new expansion. I was never a big fan of that. So yeah, hopefully we don't just have like unused talents replaced with fun stuff now because that still doesn't give us more things to play with. But I do like the, the general approach of using individual expansions or patch cycles as a way to, to try out things and, you know, just have a little bit of fun and worst case, it just didn't work out and you you forget about it next patch.
3: I think borrowed power is sick. I like going into an expansion, here's a bunch of crazy, wacko stuff It's going to be super overpowered. I thought uh corruptions when you had the vendor and by the end of the expansion you were just juicing out the wazoo that was sick you have to avoid the corruptions um i i like I, I like having a bunch of insanely powerful wacky end of expansion stuff so i'm fine with borrowed power i generally don't care too much about losing power generally but i definitely understand why people don't like it too much mine i basically was actually ironically mine ended up
2: being basically what i said last time i can live without them i would rather see more time invested into uh fine-tuning class like effects and how they play and rotational attributes of each class and spec honestly so kind of i mean i I like them i mean bar powers are kind of cool but i could live without them i would rather them spend time doing other stuff with each class and class and spec to make it Feel like that class, and not just like, oh, you're a rogue that shoots laser beams out of your eyes. Next expansion, because laser beams, I don't
1: know.
3: I think something about borrow powers that it allows them to do stuff that obviously they can't keep around long term. Like obviously you can't keep around corruptions long term, but corruptions are pretty fun, you know. Full GCD assassination rogue is pretty entertaining. So, but you can't do that without having the ability to say we're done with these powers. Like once we're once the expansion's over, say goodbye that's just
0: me yeah i'm i'm with i'm a guy on it i think that it's interesting to have for a patch or two but i don't think that anything long term that like would impact the the spec too much should be added um i think covenants are are like getting there on spec impact but um other things like corruptions or tier sets are definitely good things to have um and break up the i guess
1: monotony um right for our next question uh Kind of a two-parter. Um, if you were a
0: class developer at Blizzard and you were given the freedom to change just one thing about a rogue spec of your choosing, what would it be and why? Um, and then the second part to that is if you have any unconventional ideas other than Smoke Bomb about raid
1: utility for rogues that fit the class fantasy. Um. So for raid utility... I think honestly, just like one of the like, so
3: I hate, I hate smoke bomb. I hate darkness. I hate all, I hate all of these. I, I don't want any of them. They make me upset. I think just an easy one that you could either go back to the Wad thing with the, 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 the what, what was it even called? Oh, it was the, it was a crit buff. Like it was just a crit raid buff. I'm uh, sorry. Uh-huh. On Among on on the- monkey's. I no, think- that was crits give combo points. It's the one that just gave. Yeah, it but to I everybody. think it, it kept the uh, name or something. No,
2: it was, it was on Among Thieves. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, every yeah. two seconds, a critical hit from someone in your party would give. But it was only. No, when no, it was he, when he means to, know, the I think that.
3: He either, the way, either way. Either uh, way. Um, I think those are lame. I think a better. I think just going back to tricks giving a damage buff and then you just trade with other rogues, because ro- ro- Rogue does a lot of damage, just giving them a damage buff for having another rogue in the party. That's basically raid utility. It means two rogues get to be in every raid comp. I don't know. I feel like I, I, I like doing damage. I don't like having dumb, broken utility spells that break fights. That's, so I, I don't like utility that much. Damage is utility.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with that with that sentiment. I don't think rogue should have a damage. Uh, sh- should have raid utility. I mean, the the class by itself, by design, is kind of like a lone wolf and doing its own thing and being like the the solo damage dealer, so to say. Uh, Looking at other, like, RPGs, I always thought, or I always felt that Rogue or Thieves were designed with, like, being able to do things that no one else could do. Uh, And that made me think about uh, another spell that that we had in a past expansion, which was Symbiosis for Druids. And honestly, I would like Rogues to be able to just steal an ability from another player. Oh, hell yeah. steal in the sense that they cannot use it anymore, but just that you can pick another player from another class and just get like one of their defenses with like a much higher cooldown or at a at a lower uh, efficiency and just have like be able to to adapt to whatever situation you find yourself in and then maybe you you know get a get a weaker ice block or something from a mage or you steal like a I mean if a raid cooldown is good maybe you steal like a very minor Raid CD, or maybe you can you can yoink like a really good DPS cooldown or something like that, or just a, a single spell. We had that in pass with like Symbiosis on, and D- Dark Simulacrum from DKs, but I think it fits the Rogue narrative pretty well to just be able to, you know, yeah, grab into our bag of tricks and pull something take, out take that you know, we shouldn't be able to use. Else. But yeah, because we yoinked it from someone else, we actually can do that.
3: Also, the name of the buff is Swift Blades Cunning. It was a haste and multi-strike buff by five percent. Nice. Hmm. Wow. People were people we were confused, okay? <laughs> um, I guess for two part
2: of question, uh obviously if I was gonna change anything about a rogue spec, it's uncap outlaw, because yeah. that's just cheating. I mean that's the, the gimme that's the gimme answer. But for uh, raid utility, because I, I agree about the whole damage thing, and rogues already have were greedy enough that we have amazing defensives for basically every situation. Um, I would say just give us like an execute damage bonus, like we apply a raid wide execute damage buff. That's easy. You just hit a target, and when it hits below a certain percent, everybody does slightly more damage. You'd have to bring a rogue to basically every fight except Sylvanas, so it would have to be very. It would have to be very slight, <laughs> like two percent. You know, whatever. Give it like two percent. Done. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's I would just if you want something easy cuz the devs would if I was a Blizzard dev I would take the easy way out cuz that's what they do with everything. So, you know, <laughs> like 2% execute damage boost, like if they once the boss is below 15% or whatever, so that way it's worse than like actual execute like from a like Zoldik or whatever. Give it like 15% or 20% give it like a 2% raid wide damage boost. All right.
1: Um, my idea is if I can... oh, yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, so Uh, my idea was actually, uh, for more poisons.
0: Um, I feel like, now that they brought poisons back for all the specs, being able to, like, poison tip, like, a hunter's arrows, or, like, teach a mage how to infuse their magic with poisons or some shit, where, you know, it's... I don't know what the effect would be, per se, but just having something where it's, like, uh... Now that the rogue's here, you can, you know, make everyone else uh learn this certain certain thing that you know does a little bit of ticking damage, or uh maybe once it reaches you, you, like 50 stacks or something, like you hit a target, it reaches like 50 stacks, and then it like explodes for a little bit of damage. Um something like that could be cool. Um So that that was that was just something that I had. I also had the idea that Selly had. Uh, stole it, so I had to come up with something else. <laughs> I'm but, sorry, yeah.
4: man, but but um, clearly, great minds think alike.
0: <laughs> uh, I think uh, if I had to change one thing about uh, a rogue spec, that's kind of a really really hard question. But I think that I would I would look at uh, at the talents for each for each one. I would change something about the talents, like uh, Crimson Tempest baseline and then bring in a new talent or you know acrobatic strikes baseline bring in a new talent or you know something like that
1: um we are coming on about the end of our time here so uh to close it out uh the final question is a bit of a silly one what is the correct correct abbreviation of assassination is it sin is it it asa
4: it's assa, obviously.
1: Okay, so you're wrong. Next, <laughs> I prefer...
3: I think the abbreviation of uh, T-R-A-S-H is the one that I prefer to go to. I think it's pronounced Trash. <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
2: Mine, this is a true story. Uh, for the longest time before I actually played Assassination on the regular, like prior to BFA, my Assassination... Uh, Gear loadout was always just called Ass Nation, so that was what I abbreviated as. Which is not much of an abbreviation, but it's slightly shorter.
1: So, Ass Nation. I, I, I
0: Nation. I'm, I'm a Puritan, we'll call it Sin until the day I die. But yes, it is Sin.
2: That's just, it's Sin. sin. Or mute yeah, to Mute to No on no that one. Though.
0: No, Mute is straight
2: wrong. Mute is, mute wrong. is not real. real. Anybody
3: calling it Mutilation? They gotta go, bro. They're, they're stuck in Classic. <laughs> they're, they're in a- they are frozen in time, okay? It's not Mute rogue. They didn't even have Mute to late Classic though, what no. do you mean? They had it in uh, Wrath, I think, when you got mutilated, mute? I can't yeah. remember. Mute Robe's are boomers, bro. I, boomers Listen,
4: man. okay? Anything
3: older than Legion, it's too old for me, okay? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hip kid, okay? I don't know any of these old expansions. Mute,
1: mute is just a, a boomer. boomer, I can't tell you. Mute is yep, so boomer. More
3: no one calls it mute stop saying mute mute is wrong <laughs> Wad? yeah wad's a boomer x anyways uh
1: <laughs> i hope you guys all
0: enjoyed our, our little conversation about stuff uh we will be doing more of these uh turnout was good if you have any more questions or topics or stuff obviously uh feel free to reach out and give us some stuff to talk about uh, no plans on when we're doing the next one yet, but, you know, we'll be sure to put an announcement up. Uh, this entire podcast that we just did, uh, was streamed by, uh, Sally as well as myself, so the VODs will be up for those. We also will be posting it, um, as a, uh, YouTube link, so, uh, keep an eye out for that if you weren't here for the whole thing, or if you want to share it with your friends, whatever you want to do. And, uh... Yeah. Uh, happy loot, happy vaults to all the NA people.
1: You guys, uh, stay mad. Mm-hmm. Happy vaults to Oxy. Wait, I-, I have one more thing to ask. Sure. Uh, so, Mr. Red Rogue, um... Yes, yes, yes. Hold on. So, what do you think about, um, the... Well, I... <laughs> he is left. <lacking. laughs> wow. I
0: I, ought i to be offended
4: he was (laughs) was removed for calling assassination trash
0: Uh, (laughs) correct also uh thank you Zara, for coming to this podcast uh if you don't know the red rogue great youtube channel check it out a lot of rogue content on there
1: and uh thanks for everyone for your questions um thank you especially